Hi everyone and welcome to the first official episode of the Future Trap Podcast, you could call it, I guess. It's episode two and in this episode I'm calling it the first official one because um, this is the first one we're having a guest featured on. Uh, It's an interview with Georgie from the Women's Collective. Um, I just wanted to hop in before we started on the podcast and express my sincerest apologies for some of the errors that we made during the recording of this podcast. Uh, The main one you will notice is that the audio balance between Georgie on the other end and myself isn't perfect. Uh, The reason for that is that I was a bit of a noob and made an error um, setting up Zoom the correct way. So instead of recording two different audio streams, I recorded both Uh, both participants myself and Georgie on the same stream which resulted in Hayden who's editing these podcasts really struggling to make the audio balance out um, simply because Georgie on the other end was on her phone um, doing the zoom call and I was using a microphone in an office setting so we naturally had a very two different uh, setups and very different microphone setups which resulted in this imbalance in quality and I guess I wanted to talk quickly about if you were to start your own podcast what you should think about um, and one of those elements is the sound and the noise I would strongly recommend that you do use zoom if you haven't used zoom before uh, a link will be placed in um, the description section for the podcast but zoom's a really powerful tool um, in when it comes to recording podcasts um, and I guess just making calls in in general uh, there's a free version that is really really generous um, I still haven't upgraded past the free version simply because I haven't needed to um, a, a big benefit with zoom if you didn't already realize is that when it comes to recording podcasts uh, neither Mac nor nor Windows really natively supports two different audio inputs uh, so you can't really use one computer or one system to record two different microphones uh, which really is is what you want is what you want in an ideal world to get nice good quality sound from everyone being involved so what zoom lets you do is record simultaneously um, and even instances where we've had people come in for the interview I've asked them to um, hop on a laptop in another room and uh, do a Zoom chat and do the podcast that way uh, because Zoom also lets you record the whole conversation, uh, including video, which lets us then export that video later on for a YouTube channel, an uncut YouTube channel, for example, which um, we've been working on and we've been thinking of launching soon as a supplementary thing for this podcast. So that's a bit of a caveat. Um, Moving forward, uh, I think there's another there's another interview uh, that uh, again I made an error and incorrectly recorded uh, the Zoom chat. So again, Hayden had to really struggle and battle to make the sound come across really nicely and all even. Um, thanks again, Hayden, if you're listening to this podcast, which you would be because you're editing it. Um, thanks for your efforts in trying to um, balance out the audio. Um, I wouldn't have the patience myself to do it, and I know it's taken hours to get it all right, but ultimately, you you don't really learn until you start doing. I thought I'd accounted for everything, but um, yeah, so I hope you really enjoy this podcast, this first uh, chat with Georgie. It's a bit of a teaser for the next 
week's episode where we'll be talking for even longer. Um, this podcast was fantastic, but we got cut off halfway due to her phone overheating. Um, within five minutes, we were back on on the chat again, but it did result in our conversation being a bit longer than I would like it to be um, in the future. So we've decided to splice it up into two different episodes. Um, it would be interesting to hear your feedback on how long you want episodes to be. We've been aiming for the 20, 25 minute mark because uh, we feel like that's a nice amount of time uh, for a podcast to go for. And most people would be usually traveling for about 20, 25 minutes um, or on their way to work. Uh, so on and so forth, at least in Canberra. So that's the reason we've stuck to that length. I think anything more extensive gets gets a little bit too crazy, um, but we'd love to change it. We'd love to look into that moving forward. Um, anyway, uh, that's all from, from me for now. Um, we'll talk again soon. Enjoy the conversation with Georgie. Bye for now. Hello and welcome to the Future Tribe podcast. Each week we'll be talking about getting things done. We'll talk to people who've built up their businesses, pulled off amazing projects and cover everything from psychology and strategy to the tips and tricks that will help make your dream a reality. We're the podcast that's all about empowering the optimists and the go-getters. I'm your host, Jermaine Muller. You're listening to the Future Tribe podcast and this episode is just getting started. All right, Georgie, welcome uh, from the Women's Collective. Um, how are you going today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this. This is my first official podcast uh, appearance. So Feature. Nice. Awesome. Hopefully the first of many. Yeah. Yeah. So you're hopping on um, from a mobile phone. Let's just hope that Telstra or whoever your provider is, is working hard to make sure that, you know, we're communicating um, yeah. efficiently and effectively today. Fingers crossed. <laughs> so let's start with um, what you do. So the Women's Collective, explain what you do um, as, as a kind of brief overline before we get into the nitty gritty stuff. Yeah, sure. So the Women's Collective came about because I started my own business when I was 22. I started a nanny agency here in Canberra and um, I found that to be so challenging on just so many levels. I had not come from a business background, so nobody in my family ran their own business. I didn't know anybody who did. I sort of accidentally fell into running my own business and starting my own business. And I just found it such a challenging experience and I didn't have anybody in my circles that knew what I was going through or could support me or could be a great resource for me. So the Women's Collective was born really out of a place of wanting to have people that having the same journey as me experiencing the same things that we could essentially make that journey a little bit easier and a little bit better for um for small business startups so i started with a a conference in canberra that was a 65 person conference and then from there i mean it was only supposed to be a one-off conference but from there so many people just said well what's next for this and like what's happening with women's collective and so it kind of grew from there so the women's collective in essence is a community of women in business or a dream to start their own business and it's a place in the world slash internet that you can get support 
um, resources. I do coaching. I have um, lots of services available to help you know what you're doing a little bit better, especially when it comes to social media. Mm-hmm. And of course, we also do events and workshops as well. Okay. Wow. So you just started as a conference. When, when was this? When was the conference? Yeah, the conference was in 2014. Yeah, 2014, okay. I think it was. Yep. So it's about five years ago. years ago now. Yeah. And it's just blossomed from there. Wow. So you mentioned the um, nannying business that you had. So did you run both simultaneously side by side for a little while or? Yeah, I did. And the only way that I was really able to do that in the beginning was to focus all of my um, time and energy on the nanny agency, because that is not really a a job that you can do half-hearted. And in the first few years, the Women's Collective really was just a digital space for women to connect and uh, bounce ideas off each other and then have um, networking every now and again. And only really in the last, I would say, six months to a year have I been able to monetize the Women's Collective and really turn it into the brand and the business that I envisaged it to be all of those years ago. Okay, so you is it fair to say you started with building community and that, that was fairly yeah. organic growth? Absolutely. I think I always knew that there was room for growth with the Women's Collective brand, but I never wanted it to feel forced. I never Mm -hmm. wanted to try and monetize um, that business where it didn't feel right to. And so I did spend a lot of time just investing in those relationships, um, getting to know people, building my social media channels before I decided where I was going to go with that. And I really let the audience decide what they wanted first. So one thing that has um, really grown in the last, I would say, six months alone is my um, profile as a business coach. So I've just started recently becoming a Instagram and business coach. And that was really born out of a lot of people essentially emailing me and asking me if I did it and, and could I work with them. Um, and given that I have a teaching background, that was what I studied at uni, um, you know, I'm all too happy to teach people Yeah, wow. when it comes to business because it is a huge passion of mine, but that was not something that I ever set out to do um, or to become. It was, it was very led by the people in my community telling me that that's what they would find most helpful. Yeah, that's really interesting. So not only did you kind of, you started because you had a need for it and there was kind of that authentic, genuine need for it, but then it grew because everyone else needed it and now it's continued to evolve and you're kind of almost your your hopes and your dreams and your goals are aligning with what the people want is that kind of fair to say absolutely I think it's been it's just been a really beautiful marrying of me knowing what my strengths are and being able to share those with other people and then also them being able to seek out valuable advice and a service that works really well for them Um, one thing that I found quite interesting is that I do have an online course which is very successful but a lot of people that would do my online course will also actually invest in one-on-one time with me Mm -hmm. Um, even though they have access to all basically all of the information that I know they still really want to have that one-on-one time and I think that that's been a really interesting um, thing to realize that especially in this world of this you know digital world people still really crave that one-on-one time and that one-on-one assistance oh completely i mean um you know we future theory we do web design and marketing and we still find we're such a digital business and one would say that you look at the traditional methods of communication and you know web and digital media are are moving you away from that kind of traditional methods of communication and yet 
people really love to interact in person and you know come and take a seat and have a conversation and you know look you in the eye um it's funny because you would think that it's kind of the opposite, but I, I don't know if you agree, but I would say that um, people are kind of coming back to that, you know, let's meet, let's have something, you know, substantial, something that you can kind of touch and hold and see and, you know, um, within the same space. Definitely. I think it's just been this really interesting spin-off from social media where we have this ability to connect with more people than ever possible just by sending them a message or giving them a follow or commenting on their photos. And yet when it boils down to it, we want to actually make those relationships in person and take them off digital platforms to really connect with those people. Like most of the people that I have in my life at the moment, whether they be clients or friends, I have honestly met them on and from Instagram but Mm -hmm. there's always become a point where we've wanted to make that an in-person relationship because I just don't think that you know as amazing as social media is I just don't think anything replaces human connection yeah exactly and it legitimizes it at the end of the day and gives it Mm -hmm. gives you credibility gives them credibility so you're not just this face who runs an online course but you're this person who they can interact with yeah that's that's awesome um so when you started back in 2014, how old were you then, if you don't mind me asking? I was, oh, that's a good question. I'm pretty sure I was 23. <laughs> pretty sure. <laughs> five years. Yeah, that's right, 23. Yeah. Okay, so, so 28. 28 now. Five okay, years. wow. So have you transitioned? Is, is the Women's Collective your um, sole income or is it your main project at the moment? Or how's that, how's that kind of set up in your life? Yeah, look, it's interesting. It's now kind of 50-50 with the nanny agency. Mm-hmm. Um, I am at the moment really trying to work out what is my passive income and what is the income that I work for. So the nanny agency in over the last five years, because I started that when I was 22, so I have mm-hmm. been doing that for a bit longer now. Um, and when I first started that, pretty much everything in order to actually move the needle in my business I needed to be physically there present doing that and I would say one of the biggest challenges for that business was having to work out how I could still get the business ticking over without me physically being in the middle of it because you can't grow if everything is dependent on you so I spent a lot of time investing in that so the nanny agency will always need me at a certain level to Mm -hmm. oversee and to run that work Um, and I just don't think it has the passive income potential that the women's collective has whereas you know with that with the women's collective it's an amazing it's an amazing opportunity for me to really look at my passive income stream so I have now in the last few weeks put onto the website some things like a hashtag ebook and a um a collaboration proposal that influencers can use when they approach brands or vice versa Mm -hmm. and so they obviously have I've invested the time in the beginning to write them but then they said they when they sell there's there's no input yes and so at the moment the income is 50 50 between the nanny agency and the women's collective but the women's collective um income at this point and increasingly so is becoming more passive which is really exciting yeah that's awesome and the the good thing there also is that um it's it's a well-known fact that these online businesses the more passive kind of businesses have higher margins which you know, it's not about just making more money, but ultimately having more of that financial uh, capacity and freedom there to then reinvest back into yeah. whatever you're doing. And I love that you help people and 
yes, you know, people say, ah, oh, you know, um, why don't, if you really want to help someone, why don't you do it for free? But at the end of the day, you need money to live. Everyone needs, you know, mm. finances to, to make things happen. Plus, um, you probably correct me if I'm wrong, but you find that when you offer free advice, people don't necessarily value it as much as when they pay for it. Um, absolutely. And do, do price is the, absolutely perception when it comes to um, valuing the information that is given to you. I think it's a really interesting point what you say with um, with online websites now, online businesses. There is a real interesting climate when it comes to what you charge for your products i have always um been really comfortable with my pricing across both of my businesses because i've i've lined them up with you know what's appropriate for the market and i've been really clear and really transparent with both myself and the um customer mm -hmm. when it comes to something like business coaching i mean that is notoriously can be a very expensive industry to be in but what I've been able to do which I'm really excited about is with my um, documents and ebooks that have been pre-written I've been able to put them at a price point where pretty much anybody can afford them mm. um, and then if somebody does want that one-on-one -on -one time or they want extra help or assistance then and they have more of a budget to do so then I can always work with them as well but I think one thing that I'm really proud of is being able to be having an entry level price point of just a couple of, you know, 10 or $20 for some of my online services mm -hmm. so that nobody is actually um, excluded from being able to better themselves or better their business. And it doesn't cost me any money. Once I've written that product and put it up on the website, it doesn't really cost me much money to keep no. it up there. So why not give it a, a affordable price point for people? Yeah. Plus, obviously, you know, the more downloads you get, the the more um, your the the price point or your investment into the product decreases per unit, essentially. Yeah. And that's the beauty yeah. of it all. Um, let's touch on that quickly. How did you? So you talked about pricing. Now, when you when you worked out pricing, it's it's always a point of contention, I think, because um, even you talk, you know, touching on business coaching. I know people who spent five thousand dollars on a business coach or a business coaching package and got arguably, or well, they feel um, much worse services than someone who charged them a hundred dollars an hour and did, you know, 10 intense, intensive hours of training. So how do you price yourself in a way that, you know, you've mentioned that you're really comfortable with the pricing and you're transparent with it, which is, which is an amazing thing. I know a lot of people struggle with that. Um, I still struggle with, you know, charging people money, even where I've seen that they've, they've got value. They, sometimes they can, they come to me and say, Jermaine, you know, don't stress. This was more than worth what, what you, you know, first of all, you were transparent. So you told me that this hour of consulting will cost this much. Yep. Second, you've given me so much value that, I would pay you double what you what you said. Um, so yeah. you know, don't don't feel bad about the fact that you're charging for it. But how did you start pricing? Did you look at your competitors? Is that an important thing, or did you look at how much you want to make, say, per hour, and give yourself, you know, I'm worth twenty dollars an hour, and start from there? Or how did you how did you make that start?
thanks for listening to another episode of the Future Drive podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app. It goes a long way to helping us. If you have any thoughts, questions, or comments, email us at hello at f-u-t-u-r-e-t-r-i dot b-e. If you haven't already, become a part of the tribe on Facebook. Go to f-u-t-u-r-e-t-r-i dot b-e slash f-b and invite your friends. We're just getting started and we would love to see you there. That's it from us. I hope this episode has empowered you to keep working on bettering your future. It's a pleasure to have you as part of the tribe. See you next time.